The Lord's not after you to try and uh, limit you, try to hinder you, try to box you in. You know, He is to give you complete freedom. It's just that the natural mind who has not been, that has not been transformed by His words doesn't always comprehend that the way to freedom is giving up of self. If you don't give up yourself, you, Jesus said, you're not even worthy of me. In other words, if you want to be free, uh, you have to give up and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll give you not only the very instructions for a prosperous life. When I say prosperous life, I'm not talking about money, but it will affect your money. I'm talking about that you come to the top in every arena of life. That there is not a bondage, there is not a chain that the devil has or could pervert or could try to put on you that faith in God doesn't have the power to bust and shatter into pieces. I love Jesus in Luke chapter 4. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In other words, anointing is to smear on and rub on like the Holy Spirit, he said, is all over me. To preach, the very first thing he said, he says to preach the gospel to the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. And that actually means, if you look up the word poor there, it means like bent over, cowed over by the weights of this life. Which, of course, if you don't have money, that happens. You're like pressed down. He said, I'm preaching that. And I'm preaching deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that were bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, today is the day of salvation. Uh, While you can hear, don't harden your heart. You open your heart to the Lord. Today is the day. That, that, That day doesn't last forever. It's actually a limited time. Like in the next dispensation, you can't accept Jesus Christ and be born again. That's just now. And you don't even know if you have tomorrow. You know you have today. So, you know, don't harden your heart. You keep your heart open to the Lord. Uh, He doesn't force you to do anything, but he invites you. He'll even, if you've never been born again, he'll send his spirit. His spirit will come upon you and you'll begin to see your need of salvation. In other words, without his spirit, Jesus said, no man can come to the father except my spirit draw him. We, we, we from the very beginning of our walk with God are totally reliant upon his spirit. If you read the Word without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get anything except for just a bunch of head knowledge and history and, oh, look at this and look at that. Aren't these wonderful stories? But, man, if you look to the Holy Spirit when you are feeding on His Word, it it, it is life itself. His Word is what created life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And his word is not appropriately received without the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus said, in that day, you're not even going to ask me anything. 
Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. And he goes on and he talks about the Holy Spirit. And he said, the Holy Spirit, if I don't go away, he's not going to come. But when he comes, it's better for you that I go. Why? Because he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that he's going to speak. You know when the Holy Spirit is speaking in your heart, that's God the Father or Christ the Son speaking to you through his Spirit? You have like, somebody say like, you know, I'll say it. Man, I remember 1996, I got my first cell phone. It was an analog cell phone by a company called Altel. And I had it in Georgia. And it worked way better than the digital ones that they have now. Those analog cell phones, I mean, if you started to lose signal, you could hear it getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Not cut off. Drop the call. Sorry, drop the call. I've distracted myself there. And so you have on the inside of you, it's, I got to say, it's not a digital cell phone service. It's got to be analog because it works. <laughs> the Lord's not speaking to you in packets. Like, oh, here's a bunch. Oh, here's a bunch. No, it's like a direct flow. Well, you have on the inside of you, if you're a believer, you're his sheep, Jesus said, and my sheep know my voice. Now, you may say like, but I don't feel like I know his voice. Jesus didn't say, you are my sheep and you'll feel like you hear my voice. He said, you are my sheep and you know my voice. And the voice of a stranger, you're not going to even follow. How does that work in your life? Just like everything else. If you ever get confused, how, how is this going to happen? What are we going to do? Just read Hebrews chapter 11 and then tell me the answer. Hebrews chapter 11, we call it the great hall, faith hall of fame. All of these men and women who did mighty works for God, who had messes in their lives, but they all did it by faith. So the way that you hear his voice is by faith. Number one, you have to believe what he said, that when you're, uh, you are his sheep and you do hear his voice. You have to believe that first. Well, if you believe it, what's going to happen? You're going to expect it. You're going to make yourself available to it. But the reality is it's not even hard. What makes it hard is an unrenewed mind and trying to talk to God like he's a mind or a body. One of my sons is very body kinetic, so he, he likes to talk to, by touching, you know, and so that means if he's going to communicate a dissatisfaction to his brother or his sister, he's going to hit him. <laughs> the good and the bad. Well, God doesn't speak to you that way. That's not the, I should say, that's not the primary way he speaks. That's kind of spectacular and rare. Many people miss the supernatural power of God because they're looking for something spectacular from God. They're looking for the Red Sea to be parted in front of them. Sometimes the Lord does part the Red Sea through the obedience of a man or a woman, a person. But the primary way that God speaks to us is through the inward witness or the inward voice. 
His Spirit bears witness with our spirits. Number one, first thing, that you are a child of His. That you are His children. That same, I go back to that in my personal life, my relationship with the Lord all the time. If I'm like, is this the Lord? What's going on? I'll go right back because I know that voice. I know that witness. Yeah, you're my child. I'm your father. You're in my family. I say, that, that's the same thing. I mean, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, well, right before I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, my friend's um, best friend at the time, his mother, uh, you know, said, would you guys like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, I didn't even, they said yes, and I thought, I don't know. And so uh, uh, it was my friend and his wife, and so she prayed for him, and he was filled and began to speak in other tongues. And then his wife and she was filled, began to speak in other tongues. And I thought, man, the pressure's really on. <laughs> what if I don't? <laughs> you know, so all these thoughts come and, hey, thank God he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so she said, would you like me to pray for you? And I said, I'm very honest. I said, I don't know. I said, I just feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And this was just in a condo. We weren't in church building. And um, as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I immediately, I just kept talking. I said, well, yes, I would then. Because why? The same witness that I had when I was born again is the same witness I had. You know, as a believer, you'll know when the Spirit of God is moving on people. So I, I would, in that time I was in a Southern Baptist church, and man, we had a lot of salvations. And I would know, I would know like somebody in this section is going to respond to the Holy Spirit's pulling them in. I knew in my spirit, that same witness. So then I said uh, to my friend's mother and my friend and his wife, I said, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. That was me saying I have a witness of the Spirit on the inside. And then I said, okay, yeah. So then she prayed for me and I began to speak in other tongues. It's kind of funny what I began to speak in other tongues. I probably shouldn't get off on it, but I do have a second, so... <laughs> I think the first words I said in the spirit were, uh, la selah. Well, my friend was an Arabic linguist, and so was his wife. And uh, so he's like thinking like, this is translation. No, speaking in tongues is not translation. Well, excuse me, interpreting tongues is not translation. It's interpretation. In other words, you could speak uh, five words in an unknown tongue, and the interpretation could be five sentences or five paragraphs. Because you're actually interpreting what the Holy Spirit's saying. You're not trying, okay, this word sounds like it's this language, and then this word sounds like it's this language. But interesting thing, whether you want to try to do that or not, that's not how the Bible talks about it, but anyhow. <laughs> interesting thing is, that is like the word Selah, which is all in the Psalms. Which is like, basically, stop and think about that for a second. And so the Lord knew my personality because I'm going to think about a lot of other things. So I began to speak. He said, stop and think about that for a second. <laughs> In other words, he knows my mind sometimes, apart from him, it just can, oh, this thought, this thought, this thought, this thought, this thought. And that'll, that'll hang you up if your thoughts haven't been changed by his word. But you could take God's thoughts which are written in his word, and you can think those thoughts, and you can reason those thoughts. But if those thoughts ever gain entrance into your heart, it's like 
spirit-activated life. Like we're planning, we're planting a man. Hopefully, I'm standing up straight and everything. We've been planting grass seed, and so I've been like, oh, like clay and rocks, and hopefully topsoil some. And um, <laughs> but you know that seed, you have those seeds, and so I did a little bit of research before I started planting, and those seeds, there's like life in those seeds, but it's dormant life. And until that thing gets the proper amount of moisture, not too much and not too little, and the proper amount of heat, like 50 degree ground is, is ideal. It's just like a dead seed. But the second that thing, water hits that thing, that seed, a process begins and new life can spring forth from that death. Well, many times the reason that the Word of God is not working in our lives is because we don't allow it to get the washing of water from the Word, which only happens here, not here. Now, it's not that we don't think, because you'll get some of the mightiest uh, light, uh, most amount of light, the biggest revelation, by meditating in the Word. When you meditate in the Word, you're, you're chewing it over. Uh, meditate actually means to mutter. And so uh, you, you kind of chew on it. And if you want to know what meditation is, the best definition I have ever heard of uh, to help me grab hold of meditation is it's the positive form of worry. Or worry is the negative form of meditation. Or worry is meditation. It's just negative meditation. Like... Like, uh, I got to have a meeting with uh, that individual, and last time it went really bad, and I'm thinking it's going to go bad again, and I'm walking down the hallway, and I'm thinking, man, what are we going to do? I'm going to say this, then they're going to say this, and this is going to happen. Oh, and my, now my stomach's getting tired, and I'm not comfortable about it, and why is this going to happen? And every time they do the exact same thing, and I know they're going to do the exact Well, that's, I'm meditating on that, but that's not bringing me any life. That's actually, it's like I have tapped my life and put a drain plug there and it's like dripping out. Drip, 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 drip. <laughs> and so <laughs> you have to allow the entrance of God's words gives light. Yeah. Uh, Romans ten seventeen says, uh, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is faith? Well, one thing faith is, it is trusting the Lord. And in order to trust the Lord, you have to turn away from self-trust. You have to turn away from, like, I'm going to trust what the uh, psychologists say and the scientists say. And uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, because if they are a scientist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist and they have humbled themselves under the mighty hand of the Lord, you ought to listen to that person. Amen. But what I'm saying is that the source of your information and their information, if it's not founded on the Word of God, 
they might have got a sliver of truth from the Word, because if it works, it's in line with the Word. If it, not, I shouldn't say if it works. If it has a, a, a continual pattern of working. In other words, just because you get one good experience doesn't mean it's God. But you'll see the things of God have longevity because the Word will never, never fail, and it is never ending. It always works. And so you, you want to... You want to take that, all that stuff that, so understand what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not, um, you don't want to feed off of uh, information that comes apart from what God has said or that's contrary to what God has said. Because the mind, the, the, the brain and the, the mental reasoning who allows the word of God to change them and who yields to the Spirit of God will, will give some of the greatest inventions, some of the greatest freedom, right? So I'm not talking about we're against education. We're against education being God. Amen. We're not against medical science. We're against medical science being God. Thank God for medical science and education because a lot of people would be dead. So I had to say that. So now that I said that, so you're turning away from the arm of the flesh and the reasoning of man and the thoughts of the world, the way the world thinks, the way the world does stuff. This is faith, and you actually are turning where? You don't just turn away into nothingness. No, you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, you are my master now. Jesus is Lord of my body. Jesus is Lord of my mind. Jesus is Lord of every part of who I am. I just put body and mind there because those are the areas that most of us trip on. And so if you allow his words to gain entrance to your heart, Romans 10, 17 says, uh, faith comes by hearing. First, you have to hear about it. And then how does hearing come? How can you hear about it? Because faith comes by hearing, but actually doesn't come by just hearing anything. It comes by hearing what God is saying to you. It doesn't come by hearing what God said to me, unless when I speak what God said to me, you're hearing with the ears of your spirit. When you hear with the ears of your spirit, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, Proverbs 20, 27 says. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, you know, the thoughts and intents of the heart, the innermost part of our being and personality, who we really are when you strip everything else away, the real us. Well, that's where God speaks. And when God speaks, His words bring deliverance. This morning... If you are bound by something mental, something physical, something financial, if you receive the words of God, that thing will break off of you. It'll disintegrate. It doesn't have the power to stand against the word. The word has defeated every bondage in every form that the devil could ever try to produce or do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is how we fight our battles. There's a song they just sang. 
This is how we fight our battles. With the Word of God and the Spirit of God. So when I'm ministering to someone or I'm trying to figure out for myself what to do, I am looking down here in my heart, my spirit. What's the Lord saying? Because my head might say a lot of things, especially if I have studied it in the natural apart from the Spirit of God. You know, I had a friend who was a paramedic, and man, he had some trouble with diabetes, and he had the hardest time in the world getting over that. Why? Because he had, like Dad Hagen would say, he educated his uh, mind at his heart's expense. Well, you need to educate your mind, but not at the expense of your heart. Uh, in other words, the first thing that came to him when he looked at that condition was what medical science says. Well, that's, I guess that's okay as long as you say, but God. In other words, if you look and you say, this is what, according to medical science and all of the information they can provide us, there is no hope for your condition. But... I have a God who created the most intricate parts of my body, of the human body, in every part. And He did not create it flawed. He created it perfect in every way. Perfect in every way. But mankind sinned. And when He sinned, Romans chapter 5, death entered the world. Death, there was no death in the world until man sinned. And then death entered the world. What a horrible day. Death came to all mankind, Romans chapter 5 tells us. Anybody was made like Adam, like the first man, humans. Death came. Death even came to the world itself. Romans also tells us that the whole world groans for its own redemption. Like, uh, nothing likes to be corrupted. Do you like to be corrupted? I don't like to be corrupted. I think in heaven we'll all be like 23. <laughs> Something like that. My spirit's renewed every day, Paul said. Every day. They said the outward man is decaying. He didn't say the outward man has sickness and disease. He didn't say the outward man is like busting into little pieces. He said he's decaying. Well, if you've lived long enough or if you know somebody else who lived a long time, you'll notice that the outward man uh, looks different than what it used to look. Right, Dave? <laughs> Dave just turned 40 yesterday. Happy birthday, Dave. We love you. So, he's not even halfway yet. <laughs> Verse 12, uh, Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all had sinned. For until the law, sin was not in the world, but sin, uh, uh, excuse me, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses over them which had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. 
But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For through the offense of one, if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more. Much more. If, the, if through the offense of one, we all died because Adam messed it up. My wife knows what I'm going to say. Because if you actually read that verse, it says Adam listened to his wife. <laughs> Let me redeem it. Because God actually told Abraham, listen to your wife. So what is a God contradicting himself? You listen to your wife, you messed up, you didn't listen to... No! The woman is not supposed to submit to the husband. The wife's not supposed to submit to the husband if he is not submitted to the word of God. Follow me as I follow Christ. Some husbands say, honey, you can't go down to that church down there. And the Bible says you're supposed to submit to me. That is a bunch of garbage. Don't even start it. So, no, Adam knew. The Bible even says, this is not in the message, but the Bible even says Eve was deceived. That rhymes. Eve was deceived. But Adam knew what he was doing. I think that's a little worse. Just to be honest, I'm a man so I can say that. Like he's like, okay, I know we shouldn't be doing this, but all right. I want to feel what you're feeling. And then death came into the world. Mm. But, verse 15 much more. If that death came, that sin, they sinned and that death came and passed to all mankind. They're the, the father and mother of us all. If that passed to all mankind, much more the grace of God. Thank God for His grace. Thank God for His blessings that we don't have to work up. We don't have to figure out. We don't have to be good enough. We don't have to... You know what? The faith of God, I talked about acting in faith and standing in faith. The very faith of God. Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two. 22, have faith in God. Possess it. Grab hold of it. Hold on to it. Live it. Amen. Do you know that very faith is a miracle from God? It is not from mankind. It's not from me. It's not from you. It's not from anybody but God himself. So I'm not working to get my faith. If you work to get your faith working, uh, you're, you're in works. You're in self-righteousness and God will actually resist you. You cannot come to God through works or acts of self-righteousness or works of self. In other words, I'm going to make myself good enough. I'm going to make myself qualified. No, when you actually start to enter into the blessings of the grace of God is when you start to see His grace more clearly and you understand this is all because of Jesus Christ and His life and His blood and His resurrection and His power. It's nothing of me. Like, you, you know, some people, you know, we went a little too far. It was really bad, and people got way in the muck, and they said, I am just a worm, and I'm not worthy. One guy said, I'm pond scum. <laughs> pond scum can actually be pretty good at the fertilizer. <laughs> so one guy said, I'm the pond scum. 
Well, I mean, I guess you could look at yourself apart from Christ sometime. It might help you a little bit. But who we are in Christ, you are not pond scum. You are not a worm. I mean, a worm is kind of like a snake, and the devil's a snake. My kids asked me last week, did he used to have legs? I said, I don't know. But he said, now you're going to crawl on your belly. Part of the curse. But, you know, we kind of take it a little far because we're, we're so concerned to go in, uh, in the ditch over there. Like, I, I'm, I'm pond scum, I'm a worm, I'm this, I'm that. Well, I'm not confessing all that. But I will tell you, apart from him, I can do nothing. And I will tell you, if it weren't for him, I'd be forever lost. And when you start to realize the depth of your need for his power and his life in your life. Man, you just, things start to take their proper perspective. What was it Isaiah? The presence of the Lord showed up and he said, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. Why? When you get to catch a glimpse of the reality of God himself, it, it takes away your pride. When you actually see the very grace of God, what the grace of God is, uh, your response is, Lord, I humble myself under your mighty hand. You raise up. You deliver. You make a way. You need, then you don't have to say, because uh, you know you're supposed to say, it's no longer I live, Christ lives in me. You're like, no, I'm serious. He is living in me. This is a work from him. I did not produce this. I have not done this. Then what happens? Your words spring forth from inside your spirit, and they contain the same power that the spirit that revealed those words to you contains. In other words, the gospel message, death of Christ, burial of Christ, resurrection of Christ, ascension and seating at the right hand of Christ, that message when you start to see what that's really saying, the reality of the message of Christ, you see that in your spirit. I can't even put it to words. I almost spoke in tongues. <laughs> your spirit will rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because you see the reality of the very life of God. And when you speak from that vision or that revelation or faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. What? So I have like the word of God written right here. Some people just have like this big family Bible on their, on their um, coffee table that they don't open. So you have the word of God. I say, this is the word of God. This is what God says. But if you never open it up, you never see those words. It's, it's just maybe, mine's a little worn out, but it's just a book. Fancy book. But if you ever open up that book and you let those words gain entrance into your spirit or your heart, with the heart... Man believes.
with the mouth, confession is made unto. With the heart, man believes. With the mouth, confession is made unto. With the heart, man believes, but with the mouth, confession is made unto. With the heart, man believes, but with the mouth, confession is made unto. So as soon as in your heart you, you hear it, you hear the Lord speak, you, the words come alive to you. You grab hold of them in your spirit. Now you're speaking words that were spoken by him to you. And when you speak those words, those words have the same power that they had in the mouth of a man named Jesus Christ. Because those are revelation words. Those are life words. And you speak those life words to the situation, to the mountain. The mountain you don't have to worry, is the mountain going to move? Why? The mountain is not responding to Tim's words per se. There, that mountain is responding to the words of God flowing out of the mouth of Tim. In other words, when I pray for you, I speak to something, and any believer that's believing, a believing believer, it's a crazy thing, unbelieving believers, but <laughs> any believing believer that's speaking those words from the Lord, those are not your words, but you're the one saying them. Those don't even belong to you except for you belong to Him. Therefore, you're in the family, so they belong to you. But those words that you speak, I like how T.L. Osborne said it. He said, you may hear my voice, but those are his words. You receive. What, 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 anybody know that chapter? I don't know where it is. It said that it's in the New Testament. Said that they receive them as they really truly are the very words of God. Galatians? Galatians. Well, it makes all the difference of life and death. When you receive the words of God as they really are the words of God. Why life and death? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. With the heart, you man believes. Mankind believes with the heart. With the mouth, confession is made unto. So you see why sometimes you've said something, but confession didn't make unto. In other words, you had knowledge of something and you talked about the knowledge that you have of it. But the word of God or the rhema of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That will do surgery on your body in an instant. This is not at all the message that I prepared to preach. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Why? Well, because, number one, I have to respond to the Lord. But number two, I can't. You, you have to understand as a believer, you have God himself living on the inside of you. And the, if you get your inputs and understanding from what other people say, if they're not saying what the word of God says, you may go through most of your life and think that's just for the really spiritual people. 
No, the Word of God is for every person on the face of this earth and every person on the face of the earth that will receive the words of God will receive the life of God. And those words will produce His kind of living. And His kind of living does not, it's not a living of regret, of guilt, of overwhelmed, of full of worry, of curses. No, it's a life of blessing. That doesn't mean that you don't have things that come against you. Yes, if you're in the world, the devil, if you're in the world, you're living for the Lord, the devil has your number and he is after you. In other words, he, he kind of knows where to locate you. But you know what? First thing that happened. Second thing that happened, I mean. Adam and Eve sinned. They went and they like found fig leaves and they're covering themselves. Why? They feel this guilt. What does God do? Well, he talks to them. Then what does he do? He gives them skin of animals that cover their body around. That they sin. The first thing that happened is there was the shedding of blood to cover them on every side. Their body, their spirit, their soul. They're robed in garments dipped with blood. Why? Because that was showing what Christ was going to do. To fix what mankind did. The second Adam fixing the first Adam. So the will of God is not that you live guilty or that you live under oppression. The will of God is that we live free. And where His Spirit is, there is freedom. Well, you, the, the, the Spirit of God will make the Word of God real to you. So if you're reading the Word of God and you are feeling more bondage, you're not reading it with the Spirit of God. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free or set you free. What? That doesn't mean that you can just do whatever your flesh wants to do. We're talking about satisfaction that cuts a hole from the realm of time and the natural into the realm of the supernatural. That right before you're passing on to the next world, you are satisfied. Your priorities all of a sudden, at that moment, kind of get in the right place. You're like, I'm so thankful. But if you ever grab hold of eternal life, which is not just for the world to come, but is present the moment you're born again in your life. If you ever grab hold of and let that life live inside of you. In other words, you yield to that life. It doesn't matter what the devil brings. You've got satisfaction from another place and you have inside information. If you read Ephesians chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, you find out, don't read chapter 6 without chapter 1, but you find out we have every spiritual gift in heavenly places. We're above him. He can't do anything to us. Because he's already been defeated by the word. And so why are you trying to defeat him with something besides the word? Yeah, 
The word defeated him, and the word enforces his defeat. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. So there is a wrestling match going on, but we're the winners. We've won. Doesn't mean you don't still have to go. You have to stand against them. Uh, let's finish with uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Hopefully you understood everything about the three baptisms. Second Timothy 2.25, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. Isn't that odd you could oppose yourself? Now, nobody raise your hand, but I have opposed myself before. I don't like to oppose myself. My flesh likes to oppose myself. I don't enjoy opposing myself. I say, self, why are you opposing you? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Isn't that interesting? Repentance, in other words, change direction to the acknowledging of the truth. If you ever see the truth, you will repent. Repentance actually, I love that. I'm still going to do a series on it sometime, but... Repentance means that you actually stop and ponder, think upon, meditate where your life is headed based on how you're living now. And you say, hmm, that's not the direction I want to be going. I'm going to go the way of Christ. And you turn towards Christ. It's not just like turn or burn. It's not just like, oh, repent. You did something horrible. Repent. No, it's like you're like, why is my life heading this direction? Do I really want to end up down that path? And you stop and you think about that for a second. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on you to reveal to you uh, sin because you don't believe on Christ. The first, the first thing He does in your life. You stop and say, Oh, I don't understand all of this, but I know I want that life in my life. I want a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no one on earth like him. Talk about patience with you. Like you think, why can't I get this? Why don't I understand this? Man, he knows every part of it. I notice the more that I open up myself to him, man, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. I'll be like, Lord, I don't understand this. But you said you would give me understanding. So I'm looking to you right now. And when I say that, I'm not looking from here. I am looking from here. The same place that I looked when I, re when I was convicted to receive Jesus Christ in the beginning. The same place I looked when I said, I feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And I said, oh, I'm going to respond from here. I didn't realize what I was doing. I didn't understand that then. But what I was doing was birthed from my heart. I was responding to what God was doing in my heart. So you try to figure all this stuff out. You get under a lot of pressure and 
You want to, this decision, life decisions, job decisions. You try to do it externally and you'll stumble and fumble and you might hit it right and you might not hit it right. But even if you hit it right, you don't have the satisfaction of, I did that because I trusted in God. So just stop all like the, the busyness and the worry and the, the, the barrage of thoughts and inputs. And just take some time and look to the Lord from your own spirit. Say, Lord, I am your child. I didn't come up with that. Pastor didn't come up with that. You said that. And that I hear your voice. You know, the Old Testament actually says, be still and know that I am God. When I'm not still, I have a very hard time discerning the voice of the Lord. In other words, I got all this barrage, this thought, that thought, this is coming, that's coming. Why? Well, I'm getting kind of externally minded. That's not the real me. That's, that's, yeah, it's my brain processing these thoughts and all of that. But until I just kind of put that all to the side and I, from my heart, my spirit, I say, Lord, okay, what are you saying right now? And I kind of like take a deep breath and I just receive from him. Well, then I begin to get some definition, the witness of the Lord, like, oh, okay, go this route, do this, read this scripture. You know, he'll lead you right to the right scripture. And when he does, that scripture, like, like, I don't know if I'm communicating this. Lord, help me to communicate this effectively. So you may have like, all of us have personality quirks. And maybe you're stumbling over some of those quirks. And you're like, you know you want to be here, but you feel like you're, you're never kind of getting there. You want to get there, but you're not there. Ask the Lord to help you. He'll grant repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. And then what happens? He, he will lead you to a scripture. You'll hear it through a minister. You'll read it in the word of God. A friend will call you up and say it to you. Because God's working. The more people yield, the more he's able to work faster. But that word will come. And you might think, that's not what I'm asking you about. But that word will deliver you from the power of the enemy so now you can hear clear and see clear and walk in the path that is bright and full of light. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. Glory to God. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you're placed into the body of Christ. The New Testament actually uses the word, oh, if the Lord lets me do this, I'm going to do this, uh, baptismo, which is baptism. There's three baptisms. You're baptized into the body of Christ. You're baptized in water. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ, you're placed into the body. You're immersed into the body, fully submerged. In other words, you don't, if Jesus is your Lord, you're not like leaving your foot hanging out. You're in there. You're placed, you're part of the body. You, have a, you don't have like 
a partial new life. Old things have passed away. Behold, how many things have become new? All things have become new. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if you're here and you have never become a new creature, you've never been recreated by God through Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, if you have never received Him, He must be received. It's not automatic. You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. Doing good things doesn't save you. Having good thoughts doesn't save you. Refusing to sin doesn't save you. Because death passed sin and death passed to all men. So you must be born again or born from above. You have to have this new life come into you and recreate you. And then you're what the Bible calls a new creature. Never existed before. Brand new. You never, you never been new? You want to start over? You could be brand new this morning. You can have a... And, and the, the source of this life is from God Himself. If you've not been born again and you'd like to be, lift your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. You'll, you'll have the power of God come on you so strong. Your life will be different forever. Anybody here like that? Anybody want to receive Jesus Christ? Don't wait. You might not have more time. You receive Him while He can be received. Receive Him while He can be received. Anybody? Anybody want to receive Jesus Christ this morning? Number two, while I'm speaking, if... You want to receive Christ, you can still come down or slip up your hand. Number two, if you've received Christ, but you went away from Him, you let the things of the world distract you and uh, maybe even overtake you. You're living in the world and you believe in your heart, I need to come back and rededicate my life to the Lord. Confess fresh, Jesus is my Lord. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and I want to, uh, I'll pray for you. Power of God will hit you. And number three, if you're here this morning, you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you'd like to be. Uh, Jesus said, you know, wait until you be filled with power from on high. And, and these signs will follow them that believe. You enter into a whole new realm of God when you receive the fullness of His Spirit. If you'd like to be baptized in the Spirit, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I'll pray for you. The Holy Spirit will come on you. You begin to speak a language from God. Your life will be different. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Father, we, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that you sent your word to us. You caused your word to endure till 2019 that we have those words passed down by the blood of believers and the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you that your word will last forever ever and forever. Well, Father, yeah, we pray right now for those believers over in Syria. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We plead that blood of Jesus over everything that concerns them. We thank you for your angels, Father, that they camp around them like a shield. Father, we pray like you revealed to the prophets in the Old Testament the plans of the enemy. Father, that you would reveal to those believers the plans of the enemy. Father, we pray for a great awakening and a great rising up of believers and the gospel. 
that it'll be like a fire burning that the devil cannot quench. We thank you for your protection upon every one of them. Father, we pray that you direct their steps and that they would tune in to what you're saying to allow you to work. Father, that they'll look to you. Father, we thank you for your strengthening hand in their life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We pray that the freedom of your word, the gospel to be spread over there, Father, that your word will gain entrance through its physical presence, through internet, through downloads, through satellite, that your word will be delivered in that region in a way that it's never been. That those that are um, causing this violence, Father, that they will get a rude awakening from your spirit and from the power of your church. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Father, we thank you for your peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we pray for Grady and Becky that you give them wisdom as they're over there, that you'll uh, inform them of the plans of the enemy. Father, that you'll give them strategies to preserve life, to preach the gospel. We pray, Father, that you'll look at the threatenings and the actions of these that are trying to oppress your children that you'll stretch forth your hand to heal, that signs and wonders will be done by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Amen. You are good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.